0: 10. Not unmuting myself on Spreaker, but if on YouTube you heard all of that, <laughs> that's great. Immediately off to a great start. Uh, anyway, hello and welcome to LOP Radio Live if you're on YouTube, and it'll be on Imps LOP Radio Adventure if you are, are listening via podcast or Spreaker or whatever. Do place it at once, live in both video and audio. What could possibly go wrong? The answer everything is I've not tweeted it out either, <laughs> so that's bloody great. Oh, so much going on. So uh, at the moment, uh, we are testing stuff out. I think it's fair to say with YouTube. Uh, I know that there were, yeah, we'd we try. It's fair to say we are testing the waters. We are in a testing phase, <laughs> essentially. So, yeah, we're testing stuff out. We're perfectly, like, we're open to what, whatever you want, to whatever criticism you've got, whatever ideas you've got. We're will we'll for testing stuff out. We've only, the idea is to be posting a lot more frequently with loads of pain on YouTube, and to get LOP Radio up on pretty much everything up on YouTube. Uh, that is the plan, and we are also hoping to do like live streams after pay per views. And we've got AW after Dark, which I'll try and get up as quickly as possible. It's not as easy <laughs> to get everything up live working like the simulcast. I've got no idea what the quality's like. I don't know what I sound like on YouTube. I could just test that. That'll be weird. I'm going to hear myself in a second. I sound fine. That's Thank God for that. <laughs> there we go. That's good. Hopefully I'm not cutting in and out. Do message in the chat if you are listening on YouTube and I do cut out. Because again, testing the waters. This is brand new. I don't know anything. And at least the, the image has switched. So that's bloody great. But anyway, today as you can tell by the title, was this one of the best nights in wrestling ever? Talking the Wednesday night wrestling fun. AEW Dynamite, and WWE's NXT. Who wednesday did it better? Spoilers, I thought they were both great. Uh, but first, 80s Wrestling Con takes place on Saturday, October 26th in Freehold, New Jersey at iPlay America. The event features Ted DiBiase, Sergeant Slaughter, Bob Backlund, Paul Orndorff, Demolition, Brutus Beefcake, and more. For superstars, attractions, and ticket information, go to 80sWrestlingCon.com. And the event will be live-streamed live on lawsofpain.net. So even if you can't be there live, please do join us for what will be a truly amazing day. Also, you can tell, uh, as me, as a podcaster, does this quite often, I'm really pissed that I stuttered over the end of that. (laughs) I did so well. Oh, it was going so well, and now it's just right down the crapper. Ah. Also, because this is done live on YouTube, I've upgraded... I've realised what I was about to say means nothing to people who don't listen to me normally... But I've had to, not so sure. my house is getting an extension. So where I would normally do this is not available. A bit not great for streaming, let's say. So I've had to do a makeshift kind of area. I've been bringing cushions in to make of the sound a bit better. But I've upgraded the sound fort. <laughs> I've it, oh, it's, I might take a picture of it because it's so blatantly... I was going to say, so blatantly Hapdash. <laughs> not to sound too British. But yes, it's... Rather Hapdash <laughs> to put it nicely. Uh, yeah, with a, a quilt dangling from the from out a window, cushions just a cushion balanced between a PlayStation and a television. It's it's not falling over, so that's great. Yeah, uh, behind the microphone, you don't really, you don't you don't really care. <laughs> For me, it's like, well, it's it's a bit it's so haphazard. Uh, but hopefully, it does sound a little bit better, and the sound isn't bouncing everywhere like it has been in the past few weeks. So again, do let me know, send me messages. Um, I'm on Twitter at the theDominPacat as well. If you want to send me insults or whatever, some <laughs> what people do. It's the internet. Uh, you can't do anything about that. Um, but in terms of LOP, before I get into like the main bulk of the show, YouTube <laughs> with LOP on YouTube, what's all this then? Uh, so the plan is to start doing this sort of thing a little bit more going forward. Uh, this this stream, and I can't stress this enough. Is a test stream, (laughs) just to see how smoothly the transition to doing all this will work. Like, I'm not expecting massive immediate like live feedback on this. I've I've got I can't even see the. I need to figure out just how to sort my window so I can see how many people are actually in the chat (laughs) or something like that. But yeah, I'm not expecting massive feedback. I've not got super chat turned on or anything like that. I've set it up on the live stream to do that sort of thing. But of course, like I've not it's not activated on the YouTube channel, whatever. Uh, we're currently going for monetization and we're getting close, so live streams, doing this sort of thing, is amazing for that, just like, ticking away the time so we can get the channel monetized and do that sort of thing. So, yeah, the plan of today isn't to have amazing feedback in the chat and get it all active and really feel down or upward, depending on that. Like, no, like, the fundamentals, <laughs> does the stream work, do I go out or whatever, does it sound good, all that boring stuff. So... That is my main concern today, because <laughs> uh, I'm also going out live on Spreaker for the podcast side of things as well, so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> we'll see how it goes as I nervously giggle. But yeah, that's the plan. To do more of this kind of live streaming stuff, Like I'll, I'll try and practice to do this like every single week, mostly because I want the pay-per-view ones to be a bit more high calibre, so the plan is to do... At least do these live streams for pay-per-views with the Aftershock shows we do here on LLP Radio. Uh, possibly live with this show most weeks. Uh, and edited videos, like proper edited videos, are going to be making your way, hopefully, every week too. Uh, that is. That that falls on Can I? Do I have the time <laughs> to do it? This week, I hopefully have. I say hopefully, because I'm at the editing phase. That's the longest bit, if you know anything about this world. But yeah, so... Look for that. The point is we, for on L O P radio editor again on L O P YouTube there's not really been much consistency with what we're offering and uh I'm trying to change that and I know uh, uh Tim Rose, uh, economist and newsperson Tim Rose is also putting in a big effort to kind of get things the ball rolling a bit more with his L O P YouTube side, so that's why I'm streaming currently. <laughs> we we'll see how it goes. Anyway, also, there's the other caveat of, I know my former co-host Burn has always wanted to do a watch along, so his dream may finally come true. It is out there as a possibility <laughs> to finally do a live stream. It was, it was like, years ago he'd hit me up about doing it, and now we can actually do it? it like, we're behind the curve. We were ahead of the curve years ago. He was bringing it up like three years ago. Now, now everybody's doing it. It's not as special. So, uh, yeah. Oh well, but we'll do it anyway. They always they always seem like really good fun to do that sort of thing and he's been banging on about it for years, so I can finally shut him up. So tonight, NXT and AEW. I'm going to start with the main events of both shows, kind of comparing how they both ended, then I'll kind of I'll go through them in order. I'll start with AEW because that's the order I watched the shows in. But I will say with this first bit with the main events, I do want to talk about NXT first because that was the major talking point. Like normally you can gauge on Twitter like, which show has got more people talking? Purely because... Of, like, I follow, like, a wide breadth of people. Like, I try to... I don't know. I try to get a wide enough opinion so that it will be both sides of the argument are getting covered. So I've got the pro-NXT kind of crowd. I've got the pro-AEW crowd. I've got the crowd in the middle. The crowd just want wrestling. The crowd who are constantly comparing the ratings. The crowd who don't give a crap about the ratings. Like, I try to get as wide a spectrum as possible. So I kind of come into these shows... Uh, as educated as I can be on what the feeling... bit greater feeling is. So, of course, that means I see a lot of the negative going back and forth. But it's within a context. Like, with Twitter, I kind of learn... You try to learn, like, which ones to take note of. Which ones to get a bit angry of. Sometimes I get pulled in. It happens. You see a take on Twitter. And it gets you. Like, ugh, ugh. But... I do my best. <laughs> like a wide breadth of opinion just to get those things covered. But... NXT was flat out like the one thing constantly being talked about because of the ending. It ended on an incredible note, whilst uh, AEW, I thought, ended on a really good note. I just, like, it was ended, for me, it ended on a high, but with NXT, they ended on something which was arguably one of their greatest moments ever. Like, I'm not just talking about the TV era, like, this is one of NXT's most memorable moments in the history of NXT when we look back of it. Look back at the history of NXT. This will be. One of the greatest moments that they ever produced. So AEW stood no chance, essentially. Whatever they booked, <laughs> they would have had to really go to hell for leather when that's not really their approach so far. NXT, they yeah, threw a one hell of a curveball. But it all started with the North American Championship. Yeah, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves with this one. Uh, we had the North American Championship being defended by Roderick Strong against Keith Lee and Dominic Dykovich. Obviously, Roderick Strong enters that as a massive underdog purely because he's going up against two big lads who fly like cruiserweights. <laughs> like poor Roderick Strong. Like, the crowd were white-hot for this match, uh, particularly towards the end of it after they were fighting ringside and Lee popped up strong onto Dajakovic's Di- uh, shoulders who then nailed the man with the feast your eyes. Cue the crowd being on their feet for the remainder of the match as Keith Lee and I... Dijkovic. I can't say bloody, Dijakovic is what they call him, but I'm used on the Indies he was Dijak, and with my knowledge of how Croatian names are said, I just say Dijakovic, <laughs> which is not how it's said in WWE, and I can't map my brain man. that, I'm too European, <laughs> it's too strong, uh. but yes, uh, Lee and Dijakovic, I don't want to say Dijak, <laughs> it's a lot easier. Uh, Lee and Dominic were going hell for leather in the middle of the ring and the crowd were going absolutely crazy. I don't think they had sat down from that ringside moment for the entire ending. Then in comes Roderick Strong and hits a was kick. <laughs> it was like a running knee type of thing. It's nothing super special. But the point was a big move had just been done with Keith Lee powerbombing uh, Dominic off the top rope. in like yeah One of those that hits the mat with a, just such a thud where you just like this should end the match kind of thing. Nowadays, it might not have, but we will never know. It led to the end, so like you can't complain about something that didn't happen. <laughs> it's in that kind of. A... But yeah, Strong got the win. Amazing match. Highly recommend you watch it. It is the uh, NXT special of today with lots of big moves, lots of kickouts, lots of it. High energy and excitement. Loads of crowd-popping moments. Uh, if That's your kind of wrestling. Then you will love this. I don't know why I am pausing for so long for dramatic effect because you know what's going next. This was when the Undisputed Era came out. So, yeah, just to celebrate, we're strong. There's nothing wrong with this. Then they start attacking Keith Lee and Dijakovic, and they, we've beaten them down, which brought out Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo went, what? But in his, his voice, <laughs> not whatever that was, he comes out and he goes, he, he, yeah, he's going crazy whilst, uh, I can't believe his name, Tommaso Ciampa comes out, Of course, Champa has come out week after week. I don't know why Ronaldo was so surprised. Uh, He's come out week after week and kind of just circled Adam Cole. He's not needed to say many words because we all know what he wants. His presentations, it's coming back, I've loved. He's got one thing on his mind and that's he's direct with it. So him coming out and just staring down, holding a crutch to the Undisputed Era, like, you know why he's there, which is why I was really surprised. (laughs) It caught me off guard that Ronaldo was so surprised. (laughs) Like, Really? Really, Maro? That caught you off guard? You weren't expecting that? Like, really? <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, that happened. <laughs> but that then brought out Gargano before Champ could do anything. The crowd are going crazy, because, of course, this is the reformation of hashtag DIY. They dropped the hashtag, don't know why I said that. And uh, they're going crazy for that, so, oh, yeah, DIY, even though there are men down, they're, they're DIY. They can go after Undisputed Era. it'll be an awesome thing. They may not win, but it be an awesome ball. Which is when Finn Balor's music hits. Suddenly four and three, you like the odds a little bit more. Now, obviously, Balor had been hyped over this week and last week. He gave like, a really good promo, kind of teasing what was to come next. And the key phrase that he was using was that my past will be my future. We just all assumed he was talking about NXT. It was taught, surely he just he had said it after returning to NXT. Surely he just means. He's returning to NXT, which will now be his home. Yeah, nothing untoward about that. But we assumed wrong. Turns out he was talking about what he was like before NXT. And if you don't, well, it's one of those things where if you don't really know about what Finn Balor was like before he came to WWE, I don't really want to spoil it for anyone <laughs> purely because uh, that it might be a little bit different when it how he's portrayed in NXT. But like seeing him grow as a cra- character. Surely it's gonna be a hell of a lot more rewarding if I kinda of don't ex- go too much into what it was like in uh, like in New Japan as this ama- as the amazing heel as the leader of the bullet club. Yeah, he's not in Undisputed Era, which is something I really, really love. He's got his own agendas. And like the way he sold this with his facial expressions was amazing. I absolutely loved the presentation from Finn Bala here. You could just it's just the anger and focus towards Johnny Gargano. It was it was amazing. And after he did that attack, Undisputed Era then went after Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole was keeping an eye on Finn Balor. So again, in terms of really good storytelling and setting up, Adam Cole's shooting with Ciampa, they attack Ciampa. Finn Balor starts something with Gargano. However, Adam Cole ultimately knows that Balor would like to become NXT champion, so that look between the two of them has set up something for the future. Only issue being, it's NXT. When are the next call-ups happening? Especially when you look at the what happened last year with the main roster where it was just out of nowhere call-ups happened and some people ended up debuting and then not getting called up. Like, bad luck with Tommaso Champa, but that also affected Gargano and neither man got uh, elevated to that level. Uh, we lost Alistair Black and uh, Ricochet just in an area <laughs> then they suddenly got, they got a goodbye so good for them. But call-ups could happen at any moment. Which makes the difference, that's the major difference between AEW and NXT. NXT, at the end of the day, is a developmental. No matter how much they go, oh, you can't call us a developmental now. But, but they are, though. <laughs> and there's always that danger that folk will be called up. The USA deal, though, has thrown stuff into the works of, oh, can they actually do proper long-term storylines now? Like, are they actually uh, are they actually in danger of being as called up immediately as they were back in the day? Uh, I say back in the day I mean earlier this year it's, it brings a new era We basically we don't know how it's going to work uh, the assumption is it will work slightly differently than it has done in the past in terms of like the regularity or like the top names immediately getting promoted to the main roster like we don't know if that's the case or if you're going to get established guys who don't really go up like Ciampo Gargano they've just not <laughs> they've been in NXT for absolutely ages 100% earned that uh Part where they go, I can't really say it, where they get elevated to that next level. But NXT's now trying to become a brand of its own, so do they still do that? Who knows? <laughs> I really don't know. That said, I this was still amazing. I'm, I'm going a bit all over the place. This was an amazing end to the show. Finn Balor's uh, kick was done so damn well with him taking his jacket off and then so smoothly into the bicycle kick... And Full Sail was absolutely shocked, which was like my favourite part about this was their reaction, because quite often in WWE, like you have a heel turn to be a huge pop, it was like yes a heel turn or yes something interesting a character to get invested in, which was kind of my thinking when Dean Ambrose turned heel, it got a major pop rather than what we were kind of hope like here this was genuine shock and that's like that's the best reaction you could hope for with a turn like this. Just a complete like, what's going on? I can't wait. What? And then it turns into booze and the uh, clip that's gone round on Twitter of uh, after Finn Balor did a follow up kick on Gargano, well, running drop kicky thing. Uh, there was a kid in the crowd and he started to he started to make it, <laughs> he started to go after Gargano, but his dad holding back. And it's just like, oh, that's that is the kind of emotion you want to bring out of people, which you just. It's so foreign in wrestling these days and we kinda saw like a crowd getting really behind something in a certain way, like on both shows tonight, in completely different kind of emotion. Like one was like flipping, yeah, and the other one was just like, oh my god, I'm I'm what what do I do? <laughs> it was it was amazing to see. So, such an incredible end to NXT, which sets so much up, as much as saying it's not just Balla. Which is set up in this angle. You've got the other thing of Champa as well. And you've got Keith Lee, Dijakovic. So i mixed the two up that time. <laughs> uh, Dijakovic. Why am I struggling so much? I've already told you why I'm struggling so much. <laughs> I just can't say it. Dijakovic. <laughs> Dijakovic. He has got his feud with Keith Lee. I, mean, I need to stop. I need to move on. <laughs> I've said his name way too much. But yeah, he... NXT feud with Keith Lee, and that was awesome to see. That set up onto the next stage as well. I know we've seen them Wrestle a lot, but for me, it's kind of like to that next stage. Uh, even if they tease some form of tag team thing whilst all the other titles are busy, especially with Roderick Strong seemingly not done with Velveteen Dream or that kind of area. There's Matt Riddle to throw in somewhere as well. You've got Tyler Bates versus Cameron Grimes and his hat. <laughs> you got that to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, an amazing end to NXT. Which then brings us to AEW and their main event. Which, as I said earlier, ended on a really good high note where I'm really looking forward to watching next week. But it also was like it was nowhere near NXT. So in terms of like which show went off with the you can tell by that's what I meant by you can tell by the internet. Most people were talking about NXT because that was the angle that got the most people talking. But that doesn't mean AEW didn't end solidly. I also really enjoyed its ending. So, in AW fashion, we ended with a fantastic main event, John Moxley versus Pac, which built up from last week. This was uh, Dynamite's first TV time remaining time limit draw. Uh, To put it simply, an amazing back and forth. Uh, In the end, Pac took too long going for the Black Arrow. I think it's called the Black Arrow. Uh, Moxley couldn't put him away as the bastard kept kicking out. I don't know if that will get us demonetised, but as I said earlier, it doesn't matter at this point. (laughs) Ref calls for the bell and we go off air with Moxley going crazy and attacking the referee whilst going time limit draw my ass <laughs> don't know why he's southern now but yeah, this was another amazing main event match when I, said, when I simplified it to amazing back and forth, it was one of those where at times it brawled, at times it was just in the ring constant counters, it got to that point where at the time limit draw, both were so exhausted that they just couldn't hit their moves quick enough uh, Moxley did finally hit his was it the paradigm shift on uh, Pac, but it was just wasn't enough. He couldn't put him away, and that led to yeah, the time limit draw stuff and all that as well. So it ended on a very interesting note. Where I felt like me watching it at home, I was like I enjoyed the hell out of that show. Absolutely flew by. And the main event for me was also very satisfying and I was excited to see what will happen next week Like coming off of this, like ending with Moxley attacking a referee after being pissed that his match with Pac ended in a time limit draw. It's like, yeah, I love that. That was great. It, it kept made both men feel like awesome competitors and it set something up for the pay-per-view. Because again, that's the point of television to not give everything away and get you excited to see this kind of match on pay-per-view. Like, yeah look it was for me this was the it's the kind of thing that has been vacant from wrestling for so long that I can't really I won't really find it too crazy if people find found it a little bit like a bit down of a way to end, just because we don't see this thing very often anymore. Like, it used to be extremely prevalent, like 20, or twenty 30 years ago. But nowadays you don't see booking like this. Hence why I loved it. <coughs> it is, it was nice to see this sort of thing and why it was used as well. So, an amazing ending. Uh, also, after this happened, so if you were watching live on TNT, you didn't get to see this. If you're watching on Fight, like a lot of us over in the UK would have been, especially someone like me who, where I've got a deadline to watch this stuff. <laughs> if it's lo- uploaded at 7 p.m., that's cutting it close, so I don't take the risk. But uh, we got an amazing uh, sequence where. We set up matches for the future as well with Hamman Page coming up, challenging pack, with Kenny Omega, John Moxley. As like, yeah. They to end the kind of brawling kind of nature where the show went off in, they then had they then used it to set up angles for the like next week. It's like, yes, this is great. Full gear is right around the corner, they're directing towards that a little bit more. It's like, yes, great to see. Genuinely an amazingly enjoyable show. It's just that NXT ended on a massive point that will get people talking rather than aW's I guess biggest questioning point will be what did you think about the time limit draw where personally I don't know what any of you thought about the time limit draw like those of you listening on YouTube can comment down below but the yeah the general feeling for me is I am fine with it we just don't see it very often so we're not used to it and it's that's like with a lot of aw I don't know if it Just feels a little bit off because I'm just not used to it, or if like this is a thing that used to work but nowadays, does it? We'll wait and see. These are bit. Yeah, these are these first few weeks have had kind of growing pains like the teething problems, but they're ironing them out at such a record speed that I'm just like, (laughs) I can't help but applaud every week. Like each week, I feel like I'm enjoying the show more and more. When in reality, it's I'm probably enjoying them an equal amount. It's just that I'm not used to. Such consistency, the way said and they're not doing anything spectacular, like they're just putting on wrestling matches and <laughs> setting up nice angles. There's great continuity, great, great character building, and the arts feel continuous as well. It's like yeah, I genuinely loved everything about this show, and the end of it fit that as well. But I've seen a lot of people say that they thought this episode was flat. I don't. I didn't, personally didn't feel that at all. It absolutely flew by for me generally enjoyed it, which was great to see, but that also meant, after I watched NXT, like, I was just as, <laughs> just as elated. <laughs> I loved, I generally enjoyed the hell out of both shows, so in the question of who wednesday did it better, both of them? <laughs> like, I generally can't pick one. In terms of which show ended with the most people talking, NXT. If you ask me which was the more solid show, neither. They were both great. <laughs> and the, Uh, I'd have to do a massive pros and cons list, and I'm not Brian Zane, (laughs) so uh, yeah, go to his channel if you want a pros and cons list, but for me, yeah, genuinely enjoyed all of them, and I can't say the word genuinely, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me, ah, yes, anyway, so I do need to take a quick uh, sip of water before I jump onto the next bit, so if you're listening on the podcast form, this is where the ad break will be, if you're listening live on YouTube, just to, like I'll be as quick as possible, <laughs> as it is like twenty-five past midnight at night. I'm going to have to take a drink. So, but bottoms up, everybody. Back as quickly as possible, <laughs> just to get the drink down me. Oh, oh! <laughs> I'm not cleaning my throat or anything. Well done, me. Anyway, so now I'm going to go down the kind of pay per view the uh, what happened on AEW and NXT. As I said earlier, I generally enjoyed both shows to an awesome degree. Um, if you hear my mouse clicking about, it's because I'm just checking everything. <laughs> I've got so, much, so many windows open just to get this working. So first, AEW. Uh, this was the order, I watched AEW first, then NXT. That's kind of the way it's happened for me. God, that rhymes. <laughs> but with the two promotions, like NXT is the one I'm struggling to fit in the most. Like This week, I had, uh, I had today off because I had to do a thing. But if I've like got to generally go and do stuff I'm generally struggling to get NXT into my week, just because I've got so much going on anyway, and now I've got uh, I'm now helping out with the YouTube side of things as well, there's so much going on that I've generally I'm struggling to get NXT in Like I'm doing my best <laughs> but there's a lot going on so, and I've, like, yeah, the script this week was like over 2,000 words or so which I think is normal, <laughs> but for me that on top of the 4,000 word columns like oh, suddenly I'm Doing quite a lot. <laughs> so, NXT on the verge of being in danger of falling off. However, on a week like this, like more than enough time. And I, I'm all the happier for it. <laughs> Last week I was a bit down that I couldn't get through it before I went live on this show. But this week, awesome to see. However, we kicked off AEW with the tag team title tournament semi-final. Private Party versus Lucha Brothers. In an amazing match with so many awesome spots. The perfect match really to energise the crowd and just set the whole show alive with energy. Something for me which didn't really die down, even when it was like an odd thing. It felt like the momentum just carried on really, really well. Uh, the second match did that with Jericho like awesomely. But yeah, private party versus Lucha Brothers. Private party have been made by this tournament. Like there were some people questioning whether Young Bucks should have been in this spot, but no. Even though they lost the next match, like they looked amazing against the Lucha Brothers, they looked amazing against the Young Bucks. And they are made men in the AEW, especially as they are really pushing tag team wrestling as something a bit more than just like a side attraction. Which I guess it is in WWE, where they go on and off whether they care about it or not. AEW is flat out telling you we care about this. This will be a featured part of our product. So you expect consistency in that and every week they have been Consistently featured to quite a good, strong degree. Lots of tag team wrestling on AEW. And that kind of helps like, keep away like those special matches that like, uh, no, I don't want to be... Being, I've done pretty well. I'm not really talking about WWE main roster too much. But like the kind of thing that you hear quite a few people complaining is seeing the same match over and over again. Whilst here with AEW, doing a lot of tag team wrestling can nerf that. Uh, obviously, it's early days, so you just like, like the AEW fans are just excited to see AEW doing the wrestling and seeing all these new stars. so There isn't really too much of a question about. Oh, I don't want to see uh, Ricochet versus Cesaro for the twentieth time. Like, I could watch those two like forever. <laughs> I've been watching them wrestle each other since the indie days. I have been watching them wrestle each other for years. <laughs> like WWE was not the first time, and I can't wait to see them again. I love those two together. As an example, it's led me on a tangent, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's going to be like less identical matches. You'll see people in matches together. Of course, we saw like Pack and Moxley teaming together last week on AW, and then this week in a match together. But that's kind of like stuff leading on from the previous week, which is great to see. But with eight uh, with this tag team tournament, it's great to see the consistency. With the opponents kind of being built up and at least relevant on shows. Like, Private Party being ringside if they've not been in the match itself. Lucha Brothers have attacked somebody. Like, they attacked SCU. Even though they weren't, like, wrestling on the show. Their... Their... What's the word? Their presence was felt. I don't know if that's right. (laughs) But yeah, their presence was felt throughout the tag team tournament. Even though they were absent. And of course, we found out now that that was foreshadowing the final. Which... But when you look back at it, it was pretty obvious. And I think I saw a few people saying how obvious it was that that would be the final. But I'm fine with how they built it up. But uh, yeah, private, they're the right winners. If you look at the tournament, how it went, it's like kind of like, well, why would you have booked somebody else? And at least there's something added, there's something going into the final now because of the attack. It's not just, oh, we know he's going to win and then you watch it happen. Like They did an angle to set it up, which then does tease and inform you a bit about what might happen down the line. So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Private Party and Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I think the way to describe Private Party is I kind of describe them as like the Harlem Globetrotters of wrestling. So, like, they'll do their wrestling move or fancy kick, but they'll do it with way more flash than necessary, (laughs) way more flips than necessary, an incredible amount of athleticism that makes you go, ooh, and wails you, Uh, even if you're questioning whether that amount of flippy-do was That necessary. (laughs) but That's what Private Party remind me of. As in, they are... If somebody says, oh, there's loads of moves that are just showing off. It's like, for me, that's what Private Party are. They are a team that is just showing off. Like, sure, they could just kick them normally or just do a normal head scissors or whatever. But no, they do, like, 50 flips beforehand. (laughs) They do amazing spins and things. do it with so much energy. Do it while screaming or the high-pitched scream (laughs) as well. Like, they are... They are so over the top with what they do that I do just compare them to the Harlem Globeshotters. They are that in wrestling and that's kind of how... I don't, they've not been described like that on television, but the way they wrestle, that's just immediately what they remind me of. <coughs> and the Lucha Brothers are like the best tag team in wrestling. But also the Young Bucks are <laughs> the best tag team in wrestling. And SEU are like arguably one of the best trios in wrestling. Well, Omega and Young Bucks are awesome together, but I, I, I digress. <laughs> so now like, you got these so many amazing teams, and I can't see anyone other than the Lucha Brothers winning at full gear. I'm assuming that's when the final is. I can't remember now, but yeah, it's yeah, 100% the right team. Also, Ray Phoenix in this match, yeah, he is so damn good, <laughs> and you could hear Tony Schiavone just getting so excited watching Phoenix in this match. It's like he can hear the genuine joy in his voice watching his products which is it's great to hear that kind of thing like in w w e it like they're not uh, i don't know they feel so scripted the commentators i don't know how scripted they are today i'm assuming it's like way more than it was just like everything else' is but if the commentator feels so scripted that these genuine moments are rare they're not not there they do exist they do have those moments i'm not being, I'm not being black and white with it but in AW, you can really feel it during the matches. Like they're not going, "Oh, wasn't that awesome?" Because they've been fed the line or they've been told to say that's awesome. Like it generally feels like they thought that was awesome. They were generally smiling and enjoying themselves, and that was their reaction. It's great, to, and you can hear it with JR as well. Like on the other side, like constantly questioning things, and was like, "Am I missing something here?" Was kind of his reaction to Orange Cassidy, and the other two try and cover and make it seem exciting, but. That, like, I like the fact they're free to do that sort of thing. It makes the commentary feel so much lo- more legit and so less... I was going to say the word cringy, Or just difficult to listen to <laughs> at times. Like, I've developed an amazing ability to not listen to the wrestlers in WWE. Whilst in AEW, like, I'm generally... Yeah, I'm tuned into what they're saying. Because it's enjoyable to listen to for me. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't too high on JR. Personally, I'm perfectly fine with him. Like, I haven't got that many qualms at all really like, yeah there's a lot of like modern day stuff that he doesn't really gel with but that's fine, the other two they do gel with it so it works for me <laughs> it's perfectly fine, don't have that compared to New Japan where because uh, like first I am a New Japan mark, that is my company, that's kind of what helps me when I'm writing columns about WWE and the NXT AW every single week, like my number one promotion isn't any of those, it's New Japan and for me, Jim Ross in New Japan was so much worse than he is here in AW. Like, it's not even close. Like, anybody who watched it can say, but it, it wasn't even close how bad JR was compared to what he is here in AW. Like, he's a million times better. You can tell he's having so much fun, even if he doesn't quite agree with the direction of some of the things, or doesn't quite understand what something is meant to be. Cough, cough, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> he's still having the time of his life. And Excalibur and Tony Giovanni are. You can tell it by the way they're talking as well about how much fun they're having doing this job. So, yeah, it's, it makes watching the show so much easier. And really, I think the only, the only the main point for WWE would be maybe just don't skip them as much. Especially as if you've watched Michael Cole on a WWE production where he's not kind of micromanaged to that degree as he is on commentary on Raw. He is a good commentator. Like, sorry to break the internet <laughs> wrestling world with that with that thing that quite a few people already know. But yeah, the NXT UK Championship Tournament, he was really good. Like, I generally had no issues with Michael Cole. Yes, he called the odd move incorrectly, but, like, live on commentary, it's going to happen. Like, I can't speak. I forget wrestlers' names as I'm talking about them. <laughs> I can't really say... I can't really, like, uh, step up to somebody and have beef with them because they... Said a wrestling move wrong when it's this. This is actually the wrestling move. It's like it doesn't matter <laughs> at the end of the day. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah, I can't criticize for it because I'm way worse. <laughs> my my yeah, I'm way worse than that. But anyway, so with the match itself, you can hear the excitement from the commentators and the crowd were going mental for it as well. <laughs> the amount of energy this show started with and the idea to start with this show as well, where. Like NXT would start with this little build-up and then it's got its entrance, introductions, whilst AEW, immediately, if you are one of those people watching both at the same time, your attention had to be on AEW during the start. Like, you'd see Ray Ripley coming out and Bianca Belair, it's like, oh, that's cool, but AEW, their match has already started and it's going at a lightning pace. It's already grabbed your attention. And it's, this is a new era where it's not flicking backwards and forth. When I say going back and forth, I mean, you've got them both up on different devices and you're just moving your head. <laughs> like, it's... Not It's not waiting, it's time you're fighting for, and if somebody is doing that, where they're just looking left and right between AEW and NXT, surely those of you who did that I might hit up uh, Jeff from Kingdom of Honor, or who was uh, live on AEW with Dynamite After Dark, which I uploaded to YouTube earlier today. But, yeah, I might hit up Jeff, because I know he, in the past weeks, he has done that, with watching AEW on one device and NXT on the other at the same time, and... I wouldn't be surprised if AEW caught the attention way quicker. Because that's what it would have done for me. Personally. <laughs> so, with the Lucha Brothers uh, going over, which was 100% the right decision, uh, I was talking about Phoenix earlier, wasn't I? There's one spot I, I just wanted to hit on with Phoenix. I know he can do like, all the amazing rope manoeuvres. Like He's the genuine king of the ropes. <laughs> he is so damn good. Like He is... He's not just good on the ropes. He it feels extremely impressive when he does it. Like he makes it look impressive, which is like a big thing in wrestling. It's not just do the thing. It's how does it look when you do it. And Phoenix, he looks incredible when he's doing those moves. So I can't, yeah, I can't wait to see more. <laughs> I've watched uh, watched Lucha Underground myself, so I've seen lots of these two, and then seen them quite often in PWG. So I'm not unaware of how these guys wrestle. It impresses me every single time. The thing that really impressed me from him, however, was when he hit a gory bomb and a leg drop on at the same time, <laughs> taking out both of the private party members. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was so good. And the ending, which I thought was just amazing, <laughs> it's just an awesome sequence where they hit their finisher, whatever it's called, the uh Rana off the top rope into a, a cutter. I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's a drink, <laughs> gin and tonic, something like that. Something in gin. So they hit that, and uh, but they do it on the wrong man. They hit it on Phoenix, and then one of them's calling for them to go to the pins. Like no, he's not the legal man. So they go over to Phoenix, and they go to do the same move. However, instead of the cutter being it successfully hit, when Pentagon lands, he lands on his feet and then flips over with a killing destroyer. It's like that was amazing. <laughs> like well done. <laughs> it's um, just completely swung momentum in an instant. Uh, in the end, that, that kind of then led to the ending sequence. With the Lucha Brothers picking up the win and advancing to the finals. But yeah, what an amazing match. <laughs> so damn good. Then we got Wardlow's coming to AEW. Big The beef is coming, lads. <laughs> the big beefy Wardlow. He's coming to AEW. So yeah, he's working out to extreme music? Uh, I don't know how to, what nice to call it. I guess extreme music is good enough. So yeah. Uh, oh, chat wise. Uh, I am live on YouTube. Yay! Yes, <laughs> thank you, Kat, It's all working so far. I'm clicking back and forth. Sorry to the audio, if you can hear that. Hopefully the uh, the the sound fortress <laughs> it's it's a cushion for. There's uh, <laughs> no other way to put it. But yeah, the sound. Hopefully the sound fortress is cushioning some of the clicks. But I'm constantly going back and forth because I'm nervous it's going to just all collapse at any second. Well, like my internet goes <laughs> or something because I'm straining it too much. Uh. Then, something I really, really liked is we immediately went into a package about uh, SCU with the attack on Christopher Daniels and how long he's going to be out. Then they cut to SoCal Uncensored versus The Dark Order. Yes. like I, so, I don't know why this would kind of hit me the way it did, but just the idea of both tag team tournament semifinals back to back to start the show. So like the energy and momentum just doesn't die. And in terms of that energy momentum not dying, they seemingly thought this through. They noticed that in the build to television, the Dark Order just weren't getting over. Like there was, there was a lot of potential. It maybe wasn't executed quite correctly, or it maybe didn't have when really he tested it out. Maybe the potential wasn't quite as great as they thought. But yeah, the Dark Order hasn't worked. Uh, they're both great wrestlers. I love them, <laughs> especially Grayson. With, actually, I actually have to know. I love Grayson's athletic ability. However, the other one, whatever his name is, what is his name? Evil Uno. I kind of love his like mannerisms. Like he's really I don't know how to say this, like cartoony anime villain kind of thing. Like you could see him being in of see him being in Mario, obviously they were called Super Mario Brothers <laughs> way back when. But yeah, I just I really like his mannerisms and everything about that and the way the Creepers go about is unique and really really interesting visual to see but it's just not clicked it's a bit too other I guess in a way it's a bit too out there especially with the rest of the presentation it doesn't quite fit with AEW but they're both great (laughs) and maybe the idea like now is to tone down on the weird a bit and just get them over as wrestlers then you can build the characters a bit afterwards Uh, this felt a lot like that Grayson was insane, <laughs> with the best spot being just... There was a spot which paid off our expectations. Like, per, like There were so many amazing points in the... Uh, I was going to say the Lucha match, but the opening match <laughs> had so many awesome spots. But my favourite one came in this one, where Grayson and Scorpio were just kind of... Uh, they were whipping each other into the corners. Then Grayson... Then goes to run towards like the opposite corner, and like oh no, he's been he's been thrown to the opposite corner, whipped, and he's like oh he's going to just bounce back off the turnbuckle and then hit down. I think it was uh, Scorpio. I just said Scorpio. <laughs> just hit down Scorpio's guy. However, because we're just we're just used to that happening, it's kind of a oh we've seen this spot so many times, we can just automatic automatically predict the next bit. Like when you're reading a book and your brain goes oh I know what I know what word's next, and it just. Like, it auto-texts for you. auto-reads the book for you. Quite often, it does that wrong. (laughs) this is exactly what happened here. Sorry if I just peaked, audio-wise. But yeah, that's what what happened here. Well, that's a cough. With uh, Stu Grayson. Is Is it Stu? Grayson, then, instead of bouncing off... Our auto-read was incorrect. Grayson then flew over the top and took out Kazarian on the outside. It just caught me completely by surprise, which was awesome to see. <laughs> Such an amazing move. Like, my move of the night. It was... like, Well done, Grayson. He's <laughs> really, really cool. Uh, and the ending was great as well. It kind of caught you off guard because you just expected the Dark Order. It's played over expectations again. Because we used to, if a act is kind of portrayed like the Dark Order has been and they put across like it, they've got a plan for them. Quite often, like whether it's worked or not they'll just finish the plan. However with AW, maybe they've been fortunate of having months to kind of figure it out and see that it's not worked, and they've not featured them on television. I think they've done like one video package and that was about it. So seeing them kind of be featured in this match, get a little description package just explaining their weirdness a little bit. You get to see the entrance, so you get that character work as well. But the sign that they know it's not been working is they lose. And that couldn't be a surprise, because I'm just used to a world where it didn't really matter whether it's not worked or not, this is the plan we're going with it. And it's great to see them go, actually no, it's not worked, and this team are white hot enough anyway, let's just go for it. And <laughs> Maybe they realised that way at the start, and that's why they did the attack. Unless, of course, there was still, it was like a, a contingency plan. It was like, maybe Dark Order might have been the top one, but I don't know. I like how it's turned out. It it also gives a kind of storyline arc for SCU and the Lucha Bros. And when they collide, there's a lot of heat in the match as well. Instead of it just being a tournament final, there's actual heat between the characters. Which is, yes, awesome and great. The other part of AEW seeing the momentum and trying to keep the energy going is they must have seen that in these build-ups to these AEW television shows, the crowd has kind of died a bit in these Dark Order matches, which they automatically did here. But there was a point, which then elevated everything. When Chris Jericho and the rest of the inner circle made their way to their VIP seats and started being just dicks, <laughs> essentially. Oh, goodbye monetization if we had it. I need to be. I need to learn how to not do that. <laughs> I'm too British. <laughs> but yeah, so they made their way to their seats and they were just messing about a lot, being a, just yeah, taunting. And the camera kept cutting back to them, but that woke up the crowd. That like they were going mental for Jericho and all they did was walk to their seats and it woke the crowd up during this match after that when they turned their attention back to the match they were awake they were alive for it it's like oh this is this is great <laughs> this is awesome to see and yeah it was uh, it was yeah it was really well done so yeah and of course the SE SC, the SEU what am I 80 <laughs> SEU won the match in a, like fantastic fashion as well so again another thing that was great to see So, well done, SCU, and they make it through to face the Lucha Brothers. I think the match was taking place at full gear, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Then we got Joe Janela versus Kenny Omega, and they showed the AEW Dark match and explained how it's on YouTube. Uh, Personally, I would have gone full WWE on this, and even though you're saying it's on YouTube, just to make sure people got it, put a YouTube logo. I'm not sure how it works with television and logos and things like that, if you need permission to use that sort of thing. Uh, like am assuming you do, because it's America. But like, yeah, that's just personally what I would have done. <laughs> it's just because, like, yeah, that, I'm personally, I'm perfectly fine with including just a little bit too much information. To it's kind of like just to make sure you know this is on YouTube. We're saying it's on YouTube. We're showing you it's on YouTube. You know where to find this show. Instead of like, if the person happens to tune out and not hear it, they wouldn't know where the show is. So just a little criticism. I don't have many criticisms. It's things like this, like little production things, little tweaks, and they've made so many little tweaks that, like, yeah, they're improving at a really rapid rate. They're quickly becoming, such a joy to watch every single week. The consistency is building, and I won't, I won't really criticise them until they've had a pay-per-view, and then we'll see what happens after the pay-per-view in the build-up to the next one. Because if you assess WWE on just their pay-per-views, like most years you wouldn't feel as down on the product as you probably would do. And AEW've had that advantage of they've just been going from pay-per-view to pay per view, putting on a fun show, fun show to fun show. Uh, full gear kind of feels like thats that first run up to television. How do they do on the second I uh, say television? The run up to pay-per-view. What's the second run up like, especially as there'll be a bigger gap this time? Yeah. Wait and see. I'm excited as it now. But Joe Janela faced Kenny Omega after they showed it all on the AEW Dark and what happened. Uh, then we... Uh, Kenny Omega, amazing ovation. Treated like a megastar. Uh, they showed the footage of him defeating Ray Phoenix in AAA. Triple A. Uh, it's Spanish, so... <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, I'm not the best at Spanish. I did not do very well at Spanish at school. I remember... through th- that. <laughs> no, I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a... This match was... Perfectly fine in the middle. It was showing Joey Janella that he was kind of showing everybody that he's not just a hardcore wrestler. He is actually he's a genuinely skilled wrestler with amazing hair, <laughs> and he showed that in this match, a genuinely fun mid-card match. Saw some people saying that this should, maybe Omega should have won a bit earlier, given it was ultimately a showcase of him, but it wasn't. That's kind of where the kind of we're used to how wrestling is being presented, and AW isn't presenting it that way. It isn't really... Really... We're here to present... To showcase the winner... Ultimately... that The idea is also to showcase Janella, And he's competing in a match... Which isn't unsanctioned... Which is important for Janella, Given he's won... I think won one match on Dark... And... The thing, the thing to keep... If you don't really watch it... The thing to keep in mind with AW Dark... Is it is... Canon to the rest of the show... It's not like main event on WWE... Where it just won't be mentioned... It's like no... It's just as important as the rest... And their matches on those shows... Count to their records... ...on the main show of AEW... ...and they've shown here... ...they properly replay them... ...and show them... ...and, and then they lead... ...storyline wise... ...into things... ...as we saw here... ...so yeah... ...that was great... ...ultimately though... ...Joe Dinello was his... ...own downfall... <laughs> ...as he... ...went hell for leather... ...and tried to do... ...a Swanton... ...oh I've got what... ...the proper name for it is... ...but he did a Swanton... ...onto the ring apron... ...the hardest part of the ring... <laughs> ...and then he just... ...collapsed... Kelly Omega... ...took advantage... ...and hit a... ...Ruthless knee trigger which Janella sold absolutely amazingly. <laughs> just out of it on the road, just leaning back like, oh, oh, uh, uh. like, that was amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's such an amazing sell. And then the crowd went crazy to, with them seeing the one-winged angel. I was like, that was, like, is, it comes up to my a surprise at like, how huge they popped for that move. So, like, yeah, well done. Also, the inner circle were there still in their VIP seats being cut to every now and again. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that is, is such a is such a good way to keep the momentum going, especially in this mid way through TV match where maybe people watching at home might start to sag a little bit. Like even even though the match was perfectly fine, it was a really good TV match. Still, that like, maybe they might start to sag a little bit, and therefore you can cu- keep cutting back to the inner circle just remind them they're there. And uh, but they did this. I think after the match, they did an awesome like we are. This is awesome talking about themselves. So, yeah, that was uh, Chris Jericho was so damn great on the show. Speaking of, comes Chris Jericho's finest moments <laughs> with Cody, Dustin, Rose, MJF, and DDP. So, Cody comes out for a to an announcement about something. He's trying to make the announcement when you hear these really annoying horns really loudly, like ha ha, but less like a duck. <laughs> so they're doing that, and then. Uh, Chris, he cuts to Chris Jericho and then you see that the inner circle are there just blowing the horns or pressing the button on top of the horns just to make the noise down the microphone. And that's why it's like so loud and annoying to everybody. And again, they're just, they're just being dicks. <laughs> they're just being irritating just to get on Cody's nerves. And then Cody turns to him and just unleashes, loses his cool, drops the fact that he's trying to make an announcement. Uh, Cody was asked about it on Twitter and he responded saying it's not time sensitive, I will just make it on a later show, as in, it's an announcement I want to make, but I don't need need to make it now so that kind of pushes the announcement to a side, but then they've still got to make an announcement in the future, and this is where that continuity comes in, (laughs) what will the announcement be, and the thing is they will have to announce something but how do they address that as well will they do, a reason to drop it or not I don't know, but I've come to expect consistency, like there's a reason Cody's going to make an announcement, and whatever it is like, there's a reason to it, so, yeah, continuity exists in this world, great to see, but yes, uh, so Cody then turns to Jericho, and this is the, kind of, so we got our first WWE insult of the night, but I'm somebody that's perfectly fine with the back and forth, I don't quite get the, like, the anger of people towards it, just lashing out, and saying, that no, they shouldn't be saying anything about this, against guess, hey, like, AEW should just do their own thing, completely ignore WWE. And I'm kind of looking at it as, really, the only people saying it are those who have been in WWE, and at the moment, it's all contained within one feud. So it's not, oh, all I do on AEW is constantly bash WWE. It's like, well, Cody and Jericho are the only two that have done it, and they're in the same feud. So it's not rampant all over AEW, it's two people (laughs) have done it, and they're both former WWE guys, none of the guys who have like never worked for WWE on television or any of the AWE products have ever said anything against WWE like Young Bucks obviously being the elite they take the piss out of the whole wrestling world so obviously WWE are in that given that like they were wrestling in America like it's impossible to ignore <laughs> it's not the same as like in the well I don't know actually it probably is kind of similar to in the past where you would have seen stuff I don't know what I'm saying with that it's 1am soon I'm getting tired I'm thinking about the outer world, it came out. It got released like fifty-five minutes ago. I'm thinking, oh, I could stream that afterwards. but like, no, go to bed. <laughs> go to eat. No matter how excited you are for the outer world, <laughs> like, go go to bed. Yeah, but yes. Uh, so Cody then turns to Jericho, and he says that this isn't the place that we used to. It's not. The, it's not the company that they both came from. There isn't an invisible wall... And he could just easily step through the ropes... And settle things right now... And the fans go crazy... Obviously tell Jericho tells him to just... Shut up as... And then points out that Cody is by himself... As Cody's like by the barricade about to climb over... It's like what are you going to do? By yourself... You can't take on all four of us... An important point... The commentary had gotten over that Jake Hager... Isn't there... And that he is training for his MMA fight... I think they said like this weekend... So it's perfectly explained why he's not there. And they've done a pretty good job just getting that across. Which suddenly sets up the fact that if Cody were to find enough friends, Jericho this week is vulnerable. He hasn't got his muscle man off to the off, waiting in the wings to save him. Like no, he like he's generally vulnerable this week if he can get the men to match him. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Like out came Who bloody came out? I'm an idiot. Why am I forgetting this? Dustin, his brother. Jesus. (laughs) His brother came out, Dustin Rhodes. And they're like, alright, Cody, Dustin, surely it's the Young Bucks. Surely the Young Bucks are coming out next. No, MJF's music hits. And I kind of like, oh, this the continuity with Cody where MJF sided with Cody to attack the inner circle before he's with him again. That's great to see. (laughs) Like, yes, it's not just oh it's the elite together. No. The the wider world, MJF Saved Cody, best friend. Of course, he would come to help Cody in this moment. Then the fourth man is DDP. The continuity with DDP. He was one of the talking heads talking about Cody as like somebody who really really knows him about Cody. What happens to him when he's in this kind of mindset going into championship match? Like DDP talking like somebody who's really close to Cody. Also bringing in like the fact that at these championship matches, are all in and I think all out, especially all in. Like DDP was in his kind of team with him for that match. So it isn't just legend pop for no reason, that there is building to it as well. So yeah, it made sense that DDP was there because they yeah, he's not someone random. <laughs> Even though he got a great pop, and I wasn't expecting it at all <laughs> That's why he got a pop out of me. So oh, I wasn't expecting him at all, but it, it makes sense. <laughs> he has they have shown him to have a relationship with Cody, he's not out of nowhere. And then those four go up the stairs and they go to the VIP section to attack the inner circle. And the inner circle just run away and hide behind a door with a big glass window. And he's just, Jericho's just laughing. <laughs> oh, to completely forgot when MJF came out. An amazing joke from Chris Jericho. He's like, well, what do you think I'm scared of A scarf? What, what idiot wears a scarf? No one wears a scarf. He's <laughs> like, who wears a scarf? <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they go up to the VIP section. And he hides behind the door with the glass window. They're like, what are you going to do? Kind of just taunting kind of thing. Uh, then MJF takes off his scarf, gives it to Cody, wraps it around his hand, and then smashes the window. And this wasn't just some, like, it, the, oh, wouldn't it be cool if he smashed the window so he just used the scarf? It's like, no, it adds to it Like it's... <laughs> he did the joke with Jericho, which is hinting back at his past. When did that? When did that angle happen? With Kevin Owens three years ago. So he's making a joke about something that happened three years ago. Then he takes the piss out of MJF's scarf, and that very same scarf is then used to smash the window. Like it's little details like this about why I like AW so much, and it's just the cons- the constant uh, kind of fact that they do do these kind of little things. Like they don't just do a thing, and there wasn't any build to it. He's like no. When he used the scarf to smash the window, that had been set up, and quite often you might see someone who you respond to this saying, "Oh, that's predictable." It's like, well, no, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> they hinted at a thing, and that means you can read the situation and put it together. That it kind of means that when you're watching a wrestling match and you kind of you read the emotions of the wrestlers, you don't need the story to be explained to you that heavily. And in AW, they've decided that. You will see the story unfold when you're watching the match. The wrestlers can talk about the competition part of the match without having to constantly talk about the story. Uh, <laughs> it's a completely different philosophy. And, of course, that makes the product like more and more different the more you kind of diverse it. So, yeah. <clears throat> but, yes, this led to an amazing fight with uh, Rhodes uh, attacking... The inner, inner circle and them feuding into the outside bit. I think it was some form of, it was like an ice cream truck thing, not truck, like a stall. And uh, apparently, uh, I read somewhere that whatever that stall was, AW have signed like, a deal with them to do something. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, as I'm talking about deals with AW, Rick and Morty are going to be on next week's show. <laughs> Don't ask me how that's going to happen, <laughs> but it's happening. <laughs> Rick and Morty are elite. That's interesting. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, WWE can't do anything with them because they're they're not PG. (laughs) So that's pretty cool to see. But yes, so they did the amazing ball, and the cops come along after like beating up the inner circle. They run away, and Jericho just starts taunting. It's like I've got a ticket. I've got a ticket. It's like oh, that was it was um, brilliant. (laughs) And just this unorthodox idea that. On the television show, it's the good guys that the, your baby faces, who essentially win the fight on television. It just builds up energy. Just that's kind of what this show was like: building up energy and momentum without really doing anything crazy or insane next parts of storylines. Like no, they built it up really, really nicely. That's just what this was: just building up to full gear, nice and steadily. Nothing. Insane, no extreme. Like NXT had a, a moment, would go down in their history. AW have just had cons, a constancy, cons, no consistency. <laughs> That's it. It's late. I'm allowed to muck up. Yeah, <laughs> they have consistency, and this added to that. The build to Jericho and Cody, yeah, going damn well. Full gears coming pretty fast. Next up, we got Best Friend versus Young Bucks in the middle of the card. Just put a tag team match on, it'll keep the energy up for the crowd and we move on to the next thing That it wasn't really that much to say about this this was the first, t- really the big test of this segment was Orange Cassidy where we, for the first time on AW television we got to see Orange Cassidy do his um, move set, <laughs> I guess <laughs> and with him, he did do the in the pockets dive of the top rope which popped the crowd again, like every crowd goes crazy for that, uh, but the super kicks. It all depends on the crowd. This one, obviously, the people selling it in the ring mean it. Uh, plus, I love the way they went into the crap super kicks by Cassidy. Just the way they went into it with Cassidy uh, getting pushed away by the young bucks, like we were doing our, our pose. Why did you interrupt that? That was stupid of you. And after pushing him back, he then just jokingly kicked them on the shins, kind of like for me. Like he's gone. He's not before he's gone into a match. Like he was in the Battle Royal or whatever the casino thing was and he went into that and he started doing his moveset and the crowd popped crazy for it but if he did that on television I'm not sure how well it would have gone over but the fact that it came across as he was like they they pushed him back and he kind of jokily retaliated like instead of properly going mental with it it was like they pushed him back not super hard and then he was just jokily super kicking them kind of <laughs> which is yeah for me they, they introduced that segment that segment they led to the kicks, like the best I've seen them kind of done. It felt, it didn't feel like nonsense, essentially, when it happened. It was like, oh yeah, he's they've pushed him back and he's taking the piss. But yeah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> after the match, uh, the Young Bucks accepted, because the Young Bucks won. It was a fun match, nothing like nothing that much to talk about, but a fun match that kept the momentum going. Uh, yeah, and after the Young Bucks accepted, uh, Santana Ortiz, I still want to call them LAX, they accepted their challenge and i assuming that is now official for Full Gear on November 9th at Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, if you're in the area and if tickets aren't sold out already. Next up we got Dr. Britt Baker uh, VTR play play for that's a niche reference <laughs> for Pittsburgh or as it's called tonight, Brittsburg, and she's wearing the Steelers inspired outfit as well. They explain her character a lot as again as well, which was yeah quick. See uh also Jimmy Hater She's full of character, <laughs> absolutely full of charisma. Uh, which And I think they were saying she's only 24 as well. He's like, well, wow, to actually have that amount of presence when you're essentially playing the role as a job where he gets in a little bit of offence. But this was like the one match of the show where it was more about just getting Rick Baker a moment. <laughs> and they uh, obviously, the like the crowd were chanting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had the towels that they were spinning which I remember someone in WWE doing like 10 years ago. what was his name the Afro guy <laughs> whatever he did where his gimmick was he had the spinning towel thing and he didn't get over <laughs> what was his name I want to say it was like Otis or OTs or something like that or Ortiz, Otis oh, so it's an old name I don't remember it someone tweeted me at the WMPK <laughs> that's yeah whatever that guy's name was but yes I'm not entirely sure if like if this was an effort to get Baker over it got pops on the night, but I, that's because Pittsburgh was over. <laughs> I'm not sure that Britt Baker herself is quite working. There's something about her. I heard somebody compare it to Charlotte, but for me, it's like it's one thing in particular. It's just like the way that she carries herself and you know, like automatically reacts to things. It feels a lot more natural to be the bad guy in a situation. And if she is going after Riho's Championship. It makes a bit more sense that she's maybe not the cheery, cheery baby face. <coughs> oh, sorry, <coughs> cheery, cheery baby face kind of act. That I don't feel like it's quite working. Then, obviously she is a really talented wrestler personally. I think, she's perfectly fine to be one of the featured players. It's just that it's not quite working in this role. And you've got the mega over baby facing Rio, so it's not like the division is worse off for her not being the fate like the happy go go face. So. Yeah, that's not a phrase, but I used it anyway. <laughs> so yeah, <coughs> uh, what do you think about Big Baker? I'm um, a little bit. Uh, uh. Then came my only gripe with the entire show, with uh, Brandy Rhodes attacking Jamie Hater. So Jamie Hater was talking to interviewer, who is name escapes me, and before she can really say anything, Brandy attacks her, and she's oh uh, Jane Decker. That's it. Came to me eventually. Yeah, and then Deckers like well, Brandy, what? What are you? And then she just makes a angry face, points at her, like, arr, arr, and off we go. And it wasn't shot very well. <laughs> it was weird, really, the way it was shot. You could tell well, like, the they had the lighting for the commercial area, but the way obviously WWE does it is that the whole room <laughs> is lit up, like professional lighting, absolutely everywhere, which is like part of Tony Card's invisible camera thing. Where why would the in- all the off-camera bits be lit when in reality they aren't lit but it didn't mean when we did this kind of close camera kind of thing it it, it felt weird it didn't really work the way it was shot was odd but in terms of what it's building to it was like 10 seconds long we don't know where this is going that obviously she was really angry about something but what on earth could that be I don't know where they're going with this. <laughs> so I can't criticise something where I've got no idea what it is, but I can say it wasn't really executed that well. Which is, like I said, I've, I did a whole episode taking the piss out of the metal thing falling on Roman Reigns because on paper, not awful, but just like this segment, in execution, not particularly done very well, <laughs> just to put it lightly. So this could be a similar thing where like the first segment, the way it was shot and actually executed could have been better (laughs) if we're being nice about it but the actual storyline going forward could be fine he can find his feet like rowan got over like for me an angle can't be bad if eric rowan gets over (laughs) it is it ended up serving a pretty decent purpose and roman reigns is in a pretty good place at the moment like he's genuinely popular which is like a wwe dream that they've finally done it it's just that, you know, they overthink it whenever they're booking like a top guy. So the reason he's really succeeding is because he isn't the like champion of the brand kind of thing. He's not going after Brock Lesnar. That, that's where WWE dropped the ball consistently with that. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> main event Moxley versus Pack. I need to go quicker because I'm fatiguing. But uh, John Moxley versus Pack, I've already talked about this. Such an amazing way to end the show. Such a high. <laughs> we're not so shy I'm talking about NXT without aren't I? <laughs> but it ended on uh, a sort of really really good match which then gets you excited for the next week and it doesn't give away the, a Moxley pack ending which you can save for later down the road this is show 4 I think like there's not really a need to have a definitive ending for this the crowd were a bit like Ugh. but watching at home I was like yeah this is. I'm fine with this. Like, I'm great with. This, I'm great with this being the end. Like no issues whatsoever. I like, absolutely love that ending. Well, not loved. I was fine with it. <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how to say that anymore. <laughs> anyway, then we got NXT. Well, for me, I got NXT second, but yeah but anyway, what what order do you do you watch it in because obviously for me it kind of gives a kind of signifier about which show has grabbed you and i know looking at my feed it's like all over the place they like got aw you've got nxt and as i said with jeff who's mental he <laughs> got aw and nxt at the same time but for me it's aw that's the one i'm watching immediately I've got the slight difference that I am pumping out a 4,000 word column as I'm watching it. So I'm pausing, and writing about it. Because I'm English, I'm not watching live. I'm watching on Fight TV in the morning. Even though on like a show when, when the, the Fight TV thing was announced, I said I'm not watching that. Guess what? <laughs> so, turns out it's more convenient for me to do that. So, yay, another streaming service subscribed to. <laughs> uh, but yes, on NXT, we did get... a. Uh, it was an interesting opening, personally. We've got Bianca... Yeah, Oh <laughs> Yeah, she can work with IRS. No, uh, Bianca Bella versus Ray Ripley. And Ray Ripley uh, getting a nod, I guess. So, yeah. But it was a decent opener. I think the only issue is that if you're... It was nowhere... Like, AW happened with such a... It started with such a hot match. Well, this opened with a pretty good match. Oh, no, i sure. Better than pretty good. Like, these two are... Like the women's division in NXT is solid. Like if if it, like my one my one big vibe with AW was like the women's stuff. Like uh, there's news coming out today that Tessa Blanchard's contract might be up with Impact. Like in terms of where will Tessa Blanchard feel like the biggest deal? it's Probably WWE. Where should I, where 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 will she have the most classics? Probably WWE. Which show needs her more? It's AEW, like, they, their women's roster is the one aspect that's not quite, it doesn't quite feel it has the depth as every other one yet. That said, I have a bit of forgiveness because AEW is still, like, they're still uh, finding the groundwork for their entire show. It's like WWE, they've had that groundwork for years and when they got extra time, for, like, halfway through them having five hours every single week, they finally decided, oh, let's feature the women a bit. And it worked wonders. <laughs> of course, NXT showed you how you can do it in like one hour. So, yeah, maybe might. That doesn't mean anything. But with uh, AEW, yeah, they're finding their feet with the entire show. And the women's world is the only one that's falling a little bit. NXT, theirs is on fire. <laughs> like, it's absolutely on fire. Uh, Ripley and Belair are, again, two of the top contenders. And they're slowly building up very Ripley. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with her, with but- just to slowly make her way back up they don't need to rush her because I feel like Ray Ripley should be the one to defeat Baszler that's, for me that's why I'm perfectly fine with you taking a little bit longer to do that as well uh, also we got the number one contenders for the women's tag team championships as Asuka and Carrie Sane who had a little message for the winners afterwards as well so a nice little surprise for somebody like me who didn't happen to see any of the stuff on Twitter somehow came to this show unspoilt with that Again, everyone was talking about one thing, so I was able to miss the littler things <laughs> from the rest of the two hours. Uh, but we got uh, the returned Tegan Knox, or I still call her Nixon Newell, which is the that's the nerd brain of me. <laughs> well, I, still, okay, I keep calling people by their indie names <laughs> or their pre WWE names. I do my best. It's just I still can't like when you watch like if you go to see the go to see the new Will Smith film. I don't. I can't remember his name, but it's Will Smith and younger Will Smith. And I, I don't, I can't not. They're just Will Smith. <laughs> Whilst then, uh, I still call her Nixon Neal. because she, she's Nixon Neil. Uh, Tigger Knox is Nixon Neil, so I'll I'll, 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 I'll get over it eventually. I'm just a nerd. It's like my Dijak thing. <laughs> I can't call him Dij- Dijakovic. I don't want to. My mouth won't work that way. <laughs> but this was short and sweet. Obviously, Marina Shafia and Jasmine Duke still feel pretty green, which is like the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen is a massively. Like it's a massive attraction for WWE whenever they pull the trigger, and it feels like the state they're in, they're always in a place where all it would take is like a few months to kind of slowly build towards something. And an angle where you've got the four horsewomen falling out with each other but within proximity of each other to then get completely destroyed. And obviously, the MMA horsewomen have the upper hand because the WWE ones aren't together. And yes, the issue is Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke. Are still a bit green and they've not caught onto it at the speed Shayna Baszler did. And they're, they're, obviously they're improving over time, but how much time we don't know. Luckily, Ronda Rousey nearly snapped a finger off filming a show, so she's not returning that soon. So they've got the time to learn, <laughs> which is it's what NXT for. It's like there was a show like a few years ago where somebody shout, chanted, like you can't wrestle during an NXT match. I'm just like, you went to developmental and then chanted that you can't wrestle in it as a developmental match. That's what developmental's for. <laughs> so, I've, I've always found that champion really weird in NXT. Obviously, we've not heard it on USA because it's kind of up to the standard. But uh. Speaking of upping standards, uh, we've got Zango and Surprise Mystery Guest versus The Forgotten Sons. Uh, Zango, I love the fact they're coming out every single week, and it's just a completely different entrance. <laughs> just... Like, they're different jobs every time. It's like, it's what I... It's, 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 I'm assuming it's when they pitch the idea to the creative or Vince McMahon that that's the idea they kind of want to go with where Vince got a bit too gimmicky with it. <laughs> Whilst these guys here... Like, I love the fact they come out every single year... Every single year? Every single week in a different disguise with a different theme. And they've got the uh, two women as well who also dress up in the related outfits. So once the music starts and you can see their shadows like illuminated by the titantron... You're trying to guess what it is, <laughs> and it's just when you just this one this week's was obviously a bit easier. Where you got the lights that they use at the airport, and like oh, they're going to be pilots, and then they come out, and it's just yes, yes, it's, <laughs> it's brilliant. <coughs> a full oh, what's the film called? Full Top Gun <laughs> and everything. Uh, obviously, uh, what's the face? Uh, Breath Phoenix had her lines and uh, banter, I'll call it, but it felt like scripted. This is the difference between A. Dewey's commentary and the way WWE works, because obviously the training NXT for main roster, that's how it's worked in the past anyway. But it's still is scripted banter. And over here in Europe we've got something called the Eurovision Song Contest. We know all about scripted banter. <laughs> it's um yeah. So YouTube, any like opening host talking bit from Euro- any of the Eurovisions, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> You kind of watch it afterwards, awkwardly go, "Uh, scripted banter. Hey. So, yeah. So, that's what, yeah. It wasn't necessarily bad material, but scripted banter between people who aren't necessarily great actors. (laughs) Like, you did your best, Nigel. You did your best, Beth. It wasn't good. (laughs) It's not necessarily your fault. It's just the the way it was, yeah. Anyway, so... uh, Breezango ended up winning because their pick was Isaiah Swerve Scott who got an amazing reaction and he felt like such a big deal that like he's been having the uh, NXT well, the North American Championship match where he came in and had a decent match against Roderick Strong and he's had the matches on 2 or 5 live but he felt like a massive deal here and it was quite interesting that he came in and he won the match and it just put him over really really well and of course Breezango got to have fun and gyrate so hooray <laughs> pelvises. <laughs> Is that allowed on YouTube? I don't know. I've got to cut my swearing and my, I guess, innuendos and whatever. Huh. Also, note from uh, note from uh, J Cole's uh, column on NXT, uh, which is upon the uh, of pain, very close to NXT going up every single week, and yeah, and the crowd were chanting "Mamma Mia" during the main event. And Rinaldo just then, just in the conversation, went, "Call your mother and tell her to turn on an XT." <laughs> just thought that it caught me off guard. Like, it wasn't an amazing line, but it it caught me off guard. It made me laugh. <laughs> so, hey. Uh, also, as a final point, uh, Matt Riddle had a match against Cameron Grimes. Uh, before the match, they showed us Tyler Bates at ringside. Hey, hey, Tyler. But they did that. Uh, they did, yeah, they did that before the match, and it's kind of like, oh, he's there. Will something happen? I was assuming maybe Pete Dunne might be there because they showed him earlier. Yeah, because I hadn't seen anything announced so I didn't know what was coming up on the show. But uh, Matt Riddle came out to face Cameron Grimes and his hat. Uh, the hat did not have enough power as uh, Matt Riddle with the power of bro far weighs the power of Cameron Grimes' hat. That's the, that's the power hierarchy <laughs> we just witnessed with this. But, uh, Matt Riddle, the ending sequence was awesome. The crowd were popping crazy for this entire match. But, as in, like, also this was like the middle of the show kind of match as well. Uh, this is my, my one gripe with NXT over the, these first few weeks. is In the middle, it tends to sag a little bit. Like, you have an amazing beginning, an amazing end. And in the middle, it's sometimes, like, it's not bad, it's just fine. This elevated it. Does having this kind of match in the middle, like, it meant so much to the rest of the card. Like personally, like it's nothing wrong with putting a cruiserweight match here as well. Like for future shows, like they kicked off a show with a cruiserweight championship match, which helps make it feel important. But in terms of like propping up the show, like nothing wrong with having it like close the hour. But uh, Matt Riddle ended up winning after an amazing counter where Cameron Grimes went for the double stomp, and we've been taught that like, the double stomp that's been ending everybody. Uh, Cameron Grimes went for that, but Matt Riddle caught him, turned it into a power bomb, and then we got what's the move called? It's like the rev- it's like the neutraliser, but it's funny... Uh, oh, Derek. that's it. It's, it's a bit of a stupid name. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Matt Middle got the win and keeps his momentum going. But the important part is, obviously, after the match, Cameron Grimes is kind of just dozing about around ringside and Tyler Bate uh, does the... What's it called? Where he holds one hand up and then goes, Bop! There's <laughs> Bop and Bang or something like that. <laughs> yes. So they set up an angle between Tyler Bate and Cameron Grimes. So more British wrestlers for me to be happy with. Oh, and something else I completely forgot about. The NXT Cruiserweight Division. I'm assuming it's still called the NXT Cruiserweight... They announced it as the NXT Cruiserweight Division, but of course, 205 Live still exists, so I don't know if, what's happening here. But uh, Angel Garza, who's over as hell on 205 Live, defeated Gentleman Jack Gallagher. It was nice to see him. Leah Rush came out for commentary. Uh he was fine wasn't amazing wasn't crap either, so like, if he's not irritating me, I normally count that as a he was meant he was good, <laughs> which it's like a referee quite often if the referee is super distracting, then it can take away from the match and if like if he's like a bit if he's a bit off it as well, but if you don't know to them at all, is that like the best or there's mixed opinions on that. Like someone like Bryce Vensberg or Red Shoes in New Japan, like you know they're there, but for me they add to the story. Like that's a good amount of like reacting to stuff. Whilst uh, Leo Rush, I I, f- I forgot he was there sometimes. <laughs> like, which one is it, good or bad? I don't know. Uh, Gaza won with he did something in the ropes to set it up. I can't remember what it was, but then he did a Springboard Moonsault and got the win in a perfectly fine building up Garza match without it being incredibly special. So, yeah. Relatively short, but nothing like crazy to go over. So, yeah. Kind of like I was talking earlier with uh, like Britt Baker in that match, it wasn't that long. So even though it was my possibly low point of the show, that doesn't mean it was super bad and it didn't take up that much time. So, bang, and it's done. Like yeah, I'm fine with that. And that brings me to the end of this first live stream at like 20 past 1 in the morning... I've done it guys, I need to put the uh, speaker link, that's been going out at the same time, I've got no issues, thank god, I think it's gone out perfectly fine, <laughs> so first, I'll, I'll, sign out, I'll sign out of uh, YouTube first, and then you'll get to hear the lovely theme if you're listening on the podcast, but thank you to everybody who's tuned in to this version on YouTube, or if you've listened all the way through on the, the YouTube video, podcast is a bit edited plug it on and just do stuff <laughs> so <coughs> thank you for just listening all the way through Yeah, here on NLP Radio and now on YouTube we're going to be having a lot more content as I said at the start of the show but on NLP Radio please do check out all of our other shows as I said earlier live after AEW we've got our AEW post show Dynamite After Dark with Jamal and Jeff which will be in podcast live immediately following Dynamite on YouTube I'll try and upload it as quickly as I can Obviously, time zone difference gives a little bit of leeway there. Uh, Fridays, we've got MadFlan and Mazza with the right side of the pond, and they're doing a debunking the myth about the new-gen era being rubbish. They're debunking that and explaining why it isn't rubbish. It's actually really, really good. Uh, I was thinking of either posting that just as normal or putting effort into it to make it like a proper like video podcast kind of thing, because generally, the content in there is worth... A bit of effort, really. <laughs> so I might save it up and make video podcasts with it, which will take effort and time, but the series deserves it. A very good first week last week. Uh, Saturdays is reserved for AEW, and of course we'll have full gear uh, relatively soon Therefore, Aftershock, which is our live post-pay-per-view shows, uh, and also All About All Elite, which is currently on hiatus. That is our AEW like main weekly show, but they're currently on hiatus. Uh, Sunday is reserved for WWE Aftershock, Monday's is Kingdom of Honour with Jamman and his friend Jeff talking Ring of Honour, New Japan, MLW, AEW, what have you. Tuesday's is the Global Revolution, which is our podcast covering the wider wrestling world. Wednesday's is Planned Sports Entertainment is Dead, which this he's uh, going through a new series where they pick a one single match and they'll talk in depth about that match. In terms of like it's everything. <laughs> not, to, not to limit it down the scope at all. Yeah, it's everything. And then next Thursday you've got me here on LAP radio and I'll be joined by Ricky and Clive from the Ricky and Clive show over on the social social <laughs> over on the social Suplex network my throat, my voice is going <laughs> It's why I said socialist social social uh, they'll be joining me for the Halloween Brexit name redacted special because <laughs> it's the 31st of October and everything's happening the 31st of October and I was really smart and booked uh Two Scottish people, one of which is a pun machine, and I put the pun machine on Halloween Brexit Name Redacted Day. <laughs> well done me. Oh well on me. Anyway, just to sign off finally, you can follow me on Twitter at the Damn Implicat. Please do stick around to all the other LP radio shows that's listed and for the content here on LOP radio LP YouTube. I've got so much stuff to plug. <laughs> With that, I bid you adieu. Adios. goodbye to YouTube hopefully it's ended (coughs) and with that I bid adieu to the podcast form adios ten